Praise the Lord. Once again, it's my pleasure and it's my privilege to stand before you to share God's word as we are going on theme of uh, evangelism from the beginning of this year. And as we know, always we remember the promises and the precepts. The precept says that uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 4a, Preach the word, be ready in season and out of season. We have to be ready to preach the word in season and out of season. Last time on February, I also preached from uh, about the potential or a principle of personal evangelism from John chapter 4 from verse 1 to 25, how the, our Lord Jesus Christ ministered to the Samaritan sister person to person. So what we understand overall, so we have to be ready in any time, in any world, in any way to share the gospel to the people. We are in the last days. That's what the scripture reminds us. And also what is happening around the world. All the news. This reminds us the Lord's coming is soon. And we are in force to share God's word. Whether it is an individual or a group of two or three or four or a multitude. We have to. Any group of people, any nation, as for the great commission, what God has given, the gospel has to be preached for all the nations. First of all, it's starting from our own self. In a sense, we should be prepared for ourselves for God's kingdom. Only we can leave someone to accept Christ and make encourage them to make it heaven. Today, actually, the portion what I have chosen is from Acts chapter 17. Actually, it goes from the, one, the full chapter, because of the time, we will go for even from verse 16 only. It is the preaching of Christ. Paul is preaching in a, of Christ in Thessalonica as well as he went to uh, the city called uh, Berea, from Berea he moved to Athens, and uh, there he was, was waiting and uh, what has happened to him. The 16, verse 16 onwards, we will read quickly. Now while Paul waited for them, for Silas and Timothy, they were with him in a previous city, the previous chapter, uh, the portion from verse 10 onwards. It is, there is a city where they were all together. And when there was a trouble over there and they brought him here, and they even Silas and Timothy are, are stayed back. And he came here, the city called Athens, and he is waiting for them. And now we go on. Now while Paul waited for them at Athens, his spirit was provoked within him. When he saw that the city was given over to idols, therefore he reasoned in the synagogue with the Jews and with the Gentile worshippers and in the marketplaces daily with those who happened to be there. Then certain Epicurean and Stoic philosophers encountered him. And some said, what does this babbler want to say? Others said, he seems to be a proclaimer of foreign gods because he preached to them Jesus and the resurrection. I stop it here because of the time. So what we know from here, he came to that city. He sensed that they were idol worshippers. See, people, idols means, first of all, we should know what is idol. Whatever is not, not belong, it is, we may think that it is a, a statue or an image, it is made of uh, wood or uh, gold or uh, whatever the metals. and uh, That is not only the idols. Whatever is not of God, and when we give priorities to them, they are become a gods in this world. That is why there are thousands of God in the, gods in the world, people are following of them. 
and we worship our god the one who is the living god and in the same way as we have said as we have heard or know from the life of jesus christ as he was preaching in samaria there the also the same thing came to jesus had to mention in verse 4 chapter 4 verse 22 they are worshiping the unknown god they do not know god but here he mentioned that he came across they are worshiping the unknown god let me go through his find the scriptures one by one so that we will understand it better so here the purpose is what paul is going to tell here is he is preaching to the Athen, Athenians about the Christ he is presenting when they brought him they said who is he what he is going to preach what see the previous the three groups of people they were over there gentiles were there and also in the synagogue jews were there and gentiles were there they were worshiping it is not that everyone worshiping they are worshiping the true god they were worshiping but they do not, they are worshiping the unknown god that's what he founded when he entered that city and also the different people not only them and also the philosophers are there they also they do not know so what i want to say even the theology or a technology whatever the knowledge you know maybe the philosophers someone said a phd means uh, it is uh, what do you call uh, about three uh, disciples they said Uh, what do you call yeah uh, yeah and uh, that is not the thing about uh, what is uh, um, heart and um, what do you call okay i'll i'll remember i'll come back to you and it is not that the philosophy philosophy uh, even though they are the philosophers they do not know the truth doesn't they doesn't make any sense in their life so this this group of people also they are not aware of christ and his death and the resurrection and of their and also of their own self they are also worshiping so what they said they can they said what he is going to do that's what they said and they said these some of them some among them they said he is going to he is a proclaimer they are going to proclaim about the foreign gods and they are going to preach that one so that's what what has happened to the name he has given to them so what how paul is presenting over there first of all he is setting off the sermon paul had just arrived over there and he attracted by his preaching what he is preaching in his preaching he is particular about yeah, the two groups that is isicurian uh, and stoic philosophers that is verse 18 says because paul was preaching of jesus and the resurrection and they brought him to the place where is areopagus and invited him to speak they wanted the uh, uh, the next verse says what is that called it is a hill tower you know that place is called a rocky hill it is about 370 feet high almost 119 meters high usually they used to go and discuss over the things about the, the new things and also the things they do they uh, others wanted to say they will take them over there to speak so usually the higher people they used to sit over there and discuss it so he brought they brought him the paul and kept him over and from there he started preaching that's what the next verse says say they took him and brought him verse 19 and they brought him to the areopagus saying may we know what this new doctrine is of which you speak for you are bringing some strange thing to our ears therefore we want to know what these things means then for all the athenians and the foreigners who were they spend their time as it was nothing but nothing else but either to tell or hear some new so what paul says immediately verse 32 
Then Paul stood in the midst of the area of Agus and said, Men of Athens, straightforward, I perceive that in all things you are very religious. He did not give any introduction about himself. He did not give anything about or uh, as a, as a, of himself or any other thing of these people. Straightforward. He relates them and he identify himself with those people and appreciated them for their worshippers. What do you say? You are very religious. For I was passing through and considering the objects of your worship, I even found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God. Therefore, the one whom you worship without knowing him, I proclaim to you. Straight to the point. First he identified, he made a bridge, and he said that I am also, I, you first of all appreciated them and make them to understand comfortably and we are the religious people, we are worshipping and they might think that we are worshipping and he is appreciating us and he also thinks that we are one with them. And fine, and there he separates. But I found one thing on my way, it is written to the unknown God. There the difference comes. So, he, when he attracted these people, secondly, his sermon in there was, he, exactly he pointed out about the unknown God of uh, they, whom they worship. So, here the main point is how he presented God to them. There are five ways in the rest of the scriptures when you go through the verse for 24, what he says, he presented God to them as a God is the creator of the universe. That's what he says, verse 24. Can we read that? God who made the world and everything in it, since he is the Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands. So he presented to them, he made the world and he is the Lord of heaven and the earth. And as such, he does not dwell in temples made with ants. So it does not mean that he means to them that he is not dwelling in man-made temples. So that is something they are surprised to see what is next he is going to say. Then the verse 25 says, Nor is he worship with men's hands, and though he needed anything, since he gives to all life, breath, and all things. What does it mean? They mean, he means, God, he presented God to them as, God is a sustainer of life. So, these are all the general things, so that they will be very comfortable to sit and hear his words. And he is not accusing anything. And they kept continually he is telling about the God, the, there is a one God who is a living God. So here he says that he brings them and presented them as a sustainer in everyone's life. He gave all life to breath and what they needed. And also therefore God is not worshippers, worshipped in as the true he needs it. So he did not want us, but we but we wanted him like. Thirdly, God is the ruler of all nations. 26 and 27. Verse 26 says, And he has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on, the, on all the face of the earth, and has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwelling, so that they should seek the Lord in the hope, and that I might group for him and find him through. He is not far from each one of us. 
So he says, he has created every nation and he determined their race and, and the fall. That is even the Daniel's chapter 2 verse 20 and 21. Daniel was telling about the same thing. So everything is designed to prompt men and to seek who is our God. So when he was presenting one by one, they were tempted, they were very eager to know what he is going to tell. What he, whatever he is telling is what something is new. But they were, so he is making them to, uh, preparing their hearts to conclude what he wanted to say. And fourthly, verse 28 and 29, what he says, For in him we live and move and have our beings, as also some of your own poets have said. And for we are also his offspring. Therefore, since we are the offspring of God, we have not to think that the divine nature is like a gold or silver or stone, something shaped by heart or by man's devising. What is this? God is the father of mankind. So from God we come and in him we live, we move and we have our every being. Therefore, we should not think that God is like any idol of gold, silver or stone. So what he has presented, God is the father of all mankind. That's what it is. And finally what he has said is presented is, God is the judge of the world. There the turning point is, verse 30 and 31. Truly, these times of ignorance, God overlooked, but now commands all men everywhere to repent, because he has appointed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom he has ordained. He has given assurance of this to all by raising him from the dead. So verse 30 is a key verse. Truly, these times of ignorance God overlooked. But now, commands all men everywhere to repent. That is something new he has presented for their eyes to be open. So far what he was telling about four things, he presented him as a creator of the universe, God is the sustainer of our life, God is the ruler of all other nations, God is the father of all mankind, everything is true. But in one thing we differ. What is that? God is the judge of the world. God is, he was the verse 30, and the, in the, these times of ignorance, God was overlooked. God overlooked, but now command all men, all men, everywhere to repent. Can you say to your neighbor, all men everywhere, to repent. All men everywhere to repent. There is no one. So what I... When about a few, three weeks before when I read it, this was just struck me something is here. Subsequently our baptism has uh, fallen. And when we relate these things, it is very true even it is my experience also when I go through some of the testimonies and the people have written, it is not that everyone who can understand the very important aspects of water baptism are obeying to him. And uh, some of the children are very particular about it. That's why I wanted to say it. Why? What is important here? The repentance is important. The conversion is important. Life changing is important. 
Worship everybody back. I do not know how many of you sitting here worshiping without fail, week after week, week after week, without knowing the true and the living God. Without knowing what is worship means it. So, it is, it is very important. In the past, you may think that, or we can consider that as it is written, in the time of ignorance, God was just ignored and far from that. But now, He is expecting and commanding everyone, every man, to repent before Him for their sins. So why we say this? The new life, there is no other way. Jesus Christ is the only Savior. That's what he has mentioned. Finally, what he was telling is, he is mentioning about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Resurrection of their life. When he mentioned about the resurrection, they were, they were very much threatened and offended, I, I, I think. Verse 32, he says, And when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked, while others say, we will hear you again on this matter. So Paul departed from them, among them. However, some men joined with him, believing among them. So it is a, a conclusion part of it. So the response, when he has preached uh, about this one. So this is the commandment. And this is the judgment is true and it is commanded for everyone and it is there, our thought, it is our choice and uh, to accept him. So what is the response after his preaching? There are three types of people over there. In the beginning I said about the three types of people. Who are they? The Jews are there, basically whom Christ came for. And Gentiles are there. Whatever, whenever we mention about the Gentiles, they are all not of a Christian and of the false or other religion, religious people. It is not only for them, another group, and also for the even the, yeah, the educated or the philosophers, and for them also has to be con considered. When, they, when Paul was there in Athens, he did two things. One is, he just entered the synagogue and preached them. And also when the time for, on the rest of the time, even on the marketplace, in the open air, he was, he met those people and there also he preached. What we understand from here, it is not the matter of what, where we are preaching and whom we are preaching, everyone. That's why the scripture says, everyone, it is a commandment for all men everywhere to repent. That is the expectation. Who will live? It is we who know, who accept, and who was instructed or commanded or given a commission to go and preach. Whether in season or out of season. Preach the gospel to the people and lead them to repentance. What is the something we observe over there as Paul was preaching? One is from 17 on the 22 to 23. He acknowledged their spirituality and also Paulus began to with the spiritual condition of this obedience and with the Jews he begins with the law and with the Gentiles he begins with the nature of God. And uh, that's what one of the things. And uh, overall when you say, he said, he, he, he emphasized to them there is a need of repentance and also the coming of the Lord and the judgment is coming for everyone. And also ultimate goal is proclaiming to be the gospel message for everyone in this world. So as a conclusion now, and uh, whether you are Gentile or philosophers or some other, wherever we begin, where we begin may vary with the spiritual condition of the uh, audience. It may be in the different places, it may be in the different form, but when we conclude, it should be one. Faith in Jesus as a Son of God, who died for our sins and was raised from the dead, whom we are willing, and to confess before men. First of all, 
ஒன்ஸ்ட்ரிபென்ட்ஸ்ட்ரிபென்ட் and that is the followed by baptism into christ for the forgiveness of sins through his blood that is what the concluding conclusive message of any message whatever you share for we may present christ in different forms to different people based on their need but more than all more than all what we present is present to them should be repent for their sins they should not be hurt if you straight away if you go and tell them you are a sinner they will not accept you they reject you but to see that appreciate them first of all it is not appreciating in the sense don't identify or compromise yourself with them some usually whenever you say they will say there is a only one god means they will say yes all god's love and god is love means everybody say yes but in there everyone is same every religion is same everything is going for one place no not every religion is same not everyone faith is same we cannot compromise over there unless you know the truth and the you you will be you you, you there is a possibility for you to be uh, uh, deceived by them by their words so they may be very cunning in that case so you should be wise enough and also to present the christ on the the right message to the right person in a proper manner that's what the emphasis here is how even the lord jesus christ and gave the message and led the samaritan woman through that woman and made the city also came to the christ but here when he is on the way he is very sensible the holy spirit ministered to him and he says that there are the idol worshipers and how do we handle to them of course the privilege was given and they were taken him and kept him in that in the in the hill top in the and ask him to preach and straight away he said that you are it is good that you are the worshiper you are religious people you are worshiping but one thing you are not you are worshiping the unknown god but we know you should know the, the god who is of the universe who is the creator who is the sustainer who is the life giver at the same time who is going to come and judge each and every one so make them to understand in a way that we are sinners even in this case as 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 we know as we preach there are three kinds of re- uh, the people over there number one is rejection what is some of the scripture says some are mocked at them they reject the word doesn't matter and uh, some of them reluct- reluctant they said that we wanted to hear this later some other time they don't let him to speak continually or they said okay we will hear it later we will talk about it later there are some people and there are some people they are there is a reception some men joined him and believed him you know out of all when you come to the end end, end of the scripture only two the verse last verse however verse 34 however some men joined him and believed among them dionysius the er um, uh, areopagite that is the owner or the part of that place and a woman named damaris and others with them two names are mentioned one man and one woman and others also there why these two names are there i do not know but what i wanted to say is ultimately it is when we preach the word we it is doesn't mean everyone will accept it some response is rejection some re- response is reluctance postponing and some are receptive to god's word 
I ask you from this congregation, if any one of you who do not know the God whom we worship, whom we worship here, the true God, the God of all universe, but He is the righteous God. Our God is the righteous God. If you do not know the righteous God and if you are not righteous, it is a time for you to decide and to know Him. Here we are, not only as we know Him, we make known Him to you who, if you do not know Him. The commandment what God has given to us is, as we know Him, we will make know Him for everyone, those who do not know Christ in their life. Christ is the Lord and Savior of our life. Christ is everything to us. And Christ means Christ in us. So Christ is in us as we are in Him. So, dear children of God, if you are in, the, in that situation, if you do not know, the time is, the verse says, verse 30, truly, these times of ignorance God overlooked. Until now, this words is for you. If you think that because of ignorance God overlooked, but now He commands all men everywhere to repent. Repent of your sin. You heard the testimony of the children, those who were baptized last week. And they have very clearly said, they lived, they understood of their sinful nature. And the time came for them to accept Christ as their Lord and Savior. And ultimately, they were led by the Spirit of God to obey Him. They obeyed, they received the blessing. Now, they are the channel of blessing in this world. They became a kingdom people. And if you are not of the kingdom of God, and it is a time for you to accept Christ in your life and be a part of God's kingdom. In Jesus' precious name. Now is the time for us to go to the last table. As we heard the message, and it is also a part of it. And this table, what is kept before us, it is for God's children. I'll let me read it for the scripture from First Corinthians chapter 11 from verse 23. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread and then he had given thanks. He broke it and said, Take it. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner, eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many asleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord, that we may not be condemned with the world. See, repeatedly the word comes, judgment, judging and repentance. Dear children of God, here, what you see, there are different terminologies which is used, and it is, a lot, it is called a Lord's Supper. And it is a communion or it is a breaking of bread. And the elements, what we use here as a symbolism of this communion is the unleavened bread represents the body of Christ. And the juice, the great juice, what is kept, it represents the blood of 
Christ. The meaning of this communion is, it is a memorial. First of all, it is a celebration. Secondly, it is a memorial. And uh, verse 11, 24 and 25 says, do this in remembrance of me. It is uh, repeatedly three times it is mentioned. So we should remember. So what to remember? The Christ who died and uh, who crucified from on our behalf, who was buried, who was rose, and who is living now. And on the same way, when we baptize, we acknowledge and accept, believe and confess that we die to our sin and we rose again and we will be with the Lord. That is the that, uh, the, that is the confession, that is our faith, declaration of our faith. In the same way, that has to be remembered whenever we come to Lord's table. And secondly, it is a proclamation. We have to proclaim the Lord's death by breaking bread. And we tell to the world, Jesus Christ has died and he is rose. And also, it is an anticipation. Till he comes. The word says, verse 26, Till he comes. Our ha- we have a great hope that our Lord is going to come. And also, a fellowship. It is a fellowship of communion. Coming in union. Because we are brothers and sisters. And we are in one family. So between the Christians and God. And between individual Christians. So, between God and us, and between among us together, it is a coming in union. Finally, it is a thanksgiving. We started with the celebration, and we come to end with the thanksgiving unto the Lord. Whenever you take part in this, you have to remember all these things. Remember Him about the proclamation, anticipation, fellowship, and thanksgiving for the Lord. Once again, it is for prepared for the children of God, those who are accepted Christ as the Lord and Savior, and uh, obeyed them, obeyed into the waters of baptism, and it is only for them. If you are not, and even if you are a born again believer, and if you feel that you have an unforgiven sin in you, it is a time for you to recollect everything and confess before the Lord before come and take part in this communion. Let us close our eyes and prepare our heart to take part in this. Gracious Heavenly Father, we praise you and we thank you for the privilege of coming in union together among us and also with you. We also thank you for the bread and the wine which was prepared for us Lord, we bless it in the name of Jesus Christ and sanctify it as we are coming and take part in this. Lord, help us to remember your death, your resurrection, and your coming. And it reminds us of our great hope. And also, Lord, it is a reminder for us to proclaim the good news to this world. As we celebrate it, Lord, we give thanks unto you. In Jesus' most exalted name we pray. Amen. As Ashes will be guiding you, please cooperate with Ashes and you are encouraged to come and take part in
from the Lord that which was delivered to us let us give thanks having eaten the bread and drunk the wine let us give thanks for the Bible tells us that we need to do this in remembrance of him who died on the cross church let us take a minute to acknowledge who Jesus is in our lives let us take a minute to just remember what he went through so that you and I could be taken from the depths of hell and placed on the road to heaven. Give thanks. Church, let's just pray. Let's just give thanks to God. If it was not for what Jesus did on that cross, where would we all be headed right now? 
We were all living in sin. And there is nothing that we could have done for ourselves if it was not for Jesus. Let us say thanks in remembrance of Him who died for us. Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father God, that when you look down on the sin of this world, you said it is time to put a stop to this. And so out of your love for us, you came down in the form of man. Father God, we just want to say thank you, Lord. So often we have chosen not to understand the depth of your love. So often we have forgotten to thank you for the life you have given us, Lord. But today, Lord Father, as your people, as the congregation of your people, we acknowledge, Lord, that you truly are God in our lives. There is no other idol that we look to. Father, it is only to you. You are our creator. You are our preserver. You are our protector. You are our provider. You are our everything, Father. And we just look to you, Lord. Father God, where there are still idols in our lives, break them, Lord. That nothing will stand between us and you, Lord. That road which you created for us to come into your presence, Father God, I pray, Lord, that we shall not put obstacles on that. Thank you, Father, for what you have done. Thank you, Father, for being with every one of us. Thank you, Father, for every person you have used this day, Lord Father. For all those who came and testified of your goodness. For all those who have chosen to give their lives to you, Lord Father. We continue, Lord, to surrender them into your hands. We thank you, Father, for our pastor whom you used this day. To remind us of truth from your word. We ask that your anointing be further poured out upon him, Lord that he will bring greater words of wisdom unto us. Be with him and his family, Lord Father. Father, especially as they travel, we pray, Lord, that you will be with them, watch over them in their going and in their coming. Father, we thank you for every one of us gathered here. And as we go out, we pray, Lord, that we will remember to give first place in our life to you and to you alone. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's share the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Church, let's meet outside, continue to fellowship with each other. Encourage each other with words of God.